Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by not my co-host, Mark Davison, who's off with personal commitments this week. It's Dave Schofield and Jeffrey Benedict joining me live from the past, but I'm joining from the future. We're all together in the present. And for those in the live chat, thanks for joining. And for those that are listening live and non live chat, thanks for joining too. You're listening on audio, you're in the past, you're hearing us in the present, and you're listening to us in the future. Yes, that's very confusing, but stay with us for part two. Now, this is going to be a pretty cool segment. And, you know, for Dave, there's a lot riding on this segment because Uh currently the Schofield brothers are sort of sitting equal there, sort of top of the charts when it comes to the U.S. BTSC contributors, which is pretty much anyone other than me and Mark. Um, oh, uh, Michael Michael Beck's a Canadian, uh, sitting but sitting atop there in terms of the accent leaderboard. So as we always say, just as Big Ben likes to sling the rock, and we know we'll be back slinging it in 2021, we like to sling the slang on this show. So, Jeff, Dave, I've got a few phrases. So as you as you would have, if you saw with Jeff, the uh, Jeff Hartman the other week, I, I gave him a few phrases rather than words. So feel free to attempt a few of these if you like. But I wanted to basically, I'm going to name a phrase. I want you both to have a guess at what they are, and then you can have an attempt at saying it with your best Aussie accent if that's what you feel like doing. Um, and then we've even got a quick true or false little video that I got for you. So we'll see what we get you there, and. Then, I've got a super chat there, so uh, we'll get to that in a sec. That's uh, from Felicia, and she says, Jeffrey, after all of that, here's a beer on me. Thanks. That was a lot, but good. Yes, that was that was incredible. So that just goes back to Jeff's answer back there around Pierre and Lane's role in, in the defense and in the secondary, which if you missed, you can go back to part one and, and hear that one. Thanks, Felicia. 
<laughs> so let's kick it off. The first Aussie slang phrase that I've got for you guys this week is chocker block. Chocker block. Jeff. You want me to go I'm first? Gonna you, yeah, I'm going to give you the first one on this. What does chocker block mean? That means it's like congested or full. It's like it's completely uh, jammed up or like, yeah, kind of like traffic would be chocker block, right? Is that, is yes. that right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to give Dave a guess it's saying. Yeah, it's like, I'm so glad you went first because I know. No, it. I knew that one. <laughs> yeah, you knew that one. Yeah, chocolate yeah. Like block? block. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Block? block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, chocolate block. So we'll say like, yeah, well, yeah, the perfect example there, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, funny. The look on Maddie's face is like, did he just define this better than I did? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna have to make a confession here. You know how there's a, there like a lot of Americans just love anything Australian. Yeah, I was one of those kids uh, that just <laughs> anything Australian. I was all about. I watched like there was the crazy Australian television that was on weird hours of the day. I would like I would show? eat it up. Uh, there was I one where there was a bunch of that I've never seen before. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we had like silly little ones when I was a kid, like bananas in pajamas. And then there oh, was a show oh, that I absolutely loved that was about kids living at a lighthouse. Uh, and it was like spooky stories. I could not get enough of that. They they uh, made a version of that in America called Erie, Indiana, that wasn't nearly as good. Goosebumps, all those things, not nearly as good as the Australian one with those Ram kids living at a lighthouse and just everything was creepy. I'd have nightmares from those shows and I'd still watch them. <laughs> uh, I still live in Australia. I still, I listen to like Australian music. I listen to a lot of, it's, it's a thing that has followed me. So yeah, I know a decent chunk of slang. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But that's, uh, that's round the twist that show. There you go. And that is yeah. quite spooky. That is quite spooky. There were a few things in that as well that were, it was a bit surprising from a kid's show. Like they, they're a little bit loose on what they're allowed to get away with. So yeah. Very interesting there. Didn't have right. quite the censorship that we had in uh, we had in America at the time. But yeah, no, one hundred percent. Dave, do you want to have a go at saying chop a uh, block? Oh, it didn't count when I did it before. I, I tried to do it more naturally because when I when I focus on it, I can't do it. So you say chock a block, chock a block, yeah, chocka, 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 accentuate that a chocka, chocka, yeah. All right, chock a block. <laughs> all right the next one is you want to go you want to go yeah to, and to it's me literal, remember yeah to to me when i the slang that i've heard that before is you want is when two people are about to fight that's, that's right that's, is that right that's right that's throw down that's okay. drop the gloves yeah. i was you want to go this morning that's like you want to go mate like mm -hmm. that's like the kid to league Grabbing that chain—that's that, exactly what you want to go. Oh, with. I'm I'm thinking of the of the. Oh man, I watched two different hockey fights today. I mean, the one was where they needed to beat down the. I don't even want to say his name for the team in Washington for what he did last night. But then there was a there was another good hockey fight that I was watching today that I'm like, and that's the first thing I'm thinking. You want to go? Yeah, so, that's it. That's it. So you want to go? Come on. All right. <laughs> Nice, and you do say that sometimes on the on the on the footy field. But uh, okay, Jeffrey, do you want to have a go at saying you want to go? You want to go, mate? <laughs> oh, he threw <laughs> in the mate. Yes, he threw in the mate. Yep, kept it authentic. Jeffrey goes to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, Especially yeah. That's after bananas uh, in pajamas, he's got to be up there now. 
<laughs> man, that was a good show. Like that's it was that's growing up on on bananas in pajamas. That's uh, well, that's right. Cheese and whiskers, bananas in pajamas. Oh, because I just said bananas in pajamas. Bananas in pajamas, man. I'm sorry, we're falling off the rails. I want to go. No, no, no. I'm going to jump in on that. So, I, one of my American friends that I stayed with a couple of trips ago, I'd say the way I say car keys, because like we run it together, like I was in like the motormobile keys, Mm -hmm. I run it together so quickly that his mom just kept thinking I was talking about like khaki pants. pants all the time and it was just very we used to have this like she just sits down there laughing and i'd be like where are the damn keys like, <laughs> we used to have this clash every morning <laughs> uh great oh, gotta love it <laughs> how about true blue true blue what does true blue mean that means loyal right they like I I was I was really glad this was going to Jeffrey because I didn't know that because I have no idea. So it's like a, a someone who's true blue is like a mm-hmm. like if you have a, someone who's true blue they're like a loyal friend, you know they're not gonna like turn on you. That's pretty yeah, was, close. It, was, it's more like authentic and genuine, okay. right? So you're like straight up, well, I'm okay. say a straight up bloke. But yeah, someone's showing authentic. But yeah, I would I would consider loyalty part of that. I'm big with loyalty, so we'll, we'll go with that. All right, what about I'm gonna knock off. What does knock off mean, Dave? Knock off. Um, well, from a slang perspective, let's see it. Knock off <laughs> means um, uh, I'm. It's a PG it's, show, Dave. No, no, no. <laughs> so just just to, no, just no, to no. set a boundary there. I mean, because I think of like a knockoff as something like you, like when 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 someone r- like rips off a product through something else. But I'm going to say, if you can say, hey, I'm going to knock off. I'm going to say like, hey, see you later. Um, I'm I'm heading out. Or something like that. That's my guess. Jeff, I think he's right. This is I'm not gonna head out. Yeah, so it's more when you finish like a shift or you finished up at work for the day. You're like, oh, I'm gonna okay. knock off. So like, yeah, if you and it's generally yeah. one that you might say. So let's say you've done a bit of overtime where you've hung back a little bit or that sort of thing. You just be like, I'm gonna knock off. So mm-hmm. it's sort of that's where it comes from. It's funny though what you said there, Jeffrey. And I'm I'm gonna keep it PG. <laughs> But we had a rugby league sports star on live national television make a joke, and he called particular thing that you might be in inferring there barbecuing alone, and that sent Australian media in primetime TV <laughs> absolutely crazy. So that was a years ago, and it just was it. <laughs> it's just been on a thing in a cult item since then. But anyway, let's move on. How about show and go? Show and go, and it's a sport show reference. And show and go. Mm-hmm. So the commentator like, oh, what a show and go there. Is that when you fake mm-hmm. someone out? That Dave? would that's what I would guess just based on the words. I wouldn't have thought that until you until you said that, until you gave us like used it in a sentence. I feel like we're the national spelling bee. Could you use that a sentence? What's the <laughs> what's the country of origin? Oh, wait, it's Australia. Never mind. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of like faking someone out. It's it's probably more a pump fake. So you see okay. a lot of playmakers on a rugby field, they'll show, so and, show go, so and then you show go. the ball and then you boom. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of that, like, you know, or we call it a dummy where you sort of go one way and then you might go back the other and, or, but what they do when you can, if you can Google it, when you can Google this, it's quite, it's amazing at the speed they do it, but it's as if they kind of hold the ball. It's kind of like in basketball when you're holding that ball with one hand and they'll hold it one way and the defender, you will just watch a defensive line completely go that way, but then they go completely the other way or they don't throw the pass. And they take yeah. that line on. So it's 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 interesting one there. All right, cool. Well, 
before we wrap up this quick segment, I've got a couple of true or falses for you there. Okay. I mean, we don't get that. to we don't get to throw any American words at you and see if you know them. Yeah, I, I've okay. got one. All right, okay. okay. Jeffrey, you, you could start. I got a bunch. I had to Google stuff because to me, it's just words. I'm like, this is, uh, this means? go ahead, Jeffrey. This is Yenzer Pittsburgh's slang. I don't know if you've heard this one yet because I know you had some people throwing stuff at you before. Uh, but do you have any clue what jumbo would be? I have a hint if you want it. You said use it in a yeah, sentence, Jeffrey. Oh, yeah, use it. Okay. You want a jumbo sandwich? Oh, like a big one, like a mega one, like a supreme size, upsize, right? No, no, meat. Oh, like meat, salad, the works, like all in kind of thing. No, jump, jumbo is bologna, straight up, just bologna. Okay, that is that is okay. Pittsburgh. My wife that, once asked me if I wanted Pittsburgh a jumbo thing. sandwich, I was like, sure, and then I was like, no, I hate bologna. What did you get me? Oh. She's oh. like, you said you wanted it, and I was like, no. I thought you were making a big sandwich in Jumbo. What is that? Yeah. I just had one come to my mind that isn't even on my list because it's only for like the town I live in. At least I think of because I mean, I, I grew up two counties over and I had no idea what people were talking about. This isn't a Ravens show, Dave. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, but it was, well, I, I don't live in Baltimore. I'm, I'm away from Baltimore, but it was, it was like steamer. Steamer. Yeah. Like a hot day. No, there's not here. I'll give you a sentence. I'm going to go over to the concession stand and get me a steamer. <laughs> a to me, I thought they were talking about cow pies because that's what we call them growing mm -hmm. up in the country. But honestly, it's a sloppy Joe. Mm. If you know what that What's is. a cow pie? Yeah, I know. Well, a cow pie? Yeah. Cow pie, cow pie, cow pie. That's when you got what comes out the back of a cow. Cows, it's, it's what comes out and lays on the ground that you use <laughs> to put on the field as fertilizer. That's a cow pie. Oh, hey, I didn't know we found a new one. Yes, yeah, they yes. call cow pies. So, yeah. because, this is the thing, right? And it's never taken off. And there was a Australian pro, pro golfer, I think it was uh, Stuart Appleby, that tried to bring over there a company called Pie Face. But over there, you guys, we eat meat pies, right? So when you're saying cow pie, I'm like, what? There's actually like a, <laughs> an area in America where they eat beef pies because people just don't do that as much as they do here. Like a meat pie is like, that's what you go eat when you go to go to watch sport live. Like that's our hot dog, if you like. So, oh, yeah. Good yeah. meat pie is phenomenal. But no, that's I, not. What I don't know how it's not taken yeah, off. Over don't there. go to America and ask people if you can have a cow pie. Don't, <laughs> no. don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, but when, when I, I couldn't believe it. they're like, like, oh, you want a steamer? Like, what are you talking about? You know, and like my my father being from New England, that was a that that was a seafood dish, you know, um, like steamed clams. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so it that's very very regional. But the word I was going to throw out there that I just that, that I thought of is um is it's one of those that you don't know if it's beyond the area you live in because you use it all the time or not is shindig. Do you know the word shindig? Like, like a gathering, like a party? Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm going to have a shindig over here on Saturday evening. Going to, you know, have some steamers, <laughs> play some cornhole. <laughs> Look, I'm from Ohio. You That that has a toll. I can't even tell you what that means in Ohio. <laughs> so, so if similar thing, because shindig's obviously made its way across. Like that's obviously uh -huh. how I know. But we would sometimes call that a gathering. And then yeah. if you want to be really bogan Aussie, you might call it a gatho. A gavo. Join to a gavo. Okay. Um, well, I have one more question. How about, because yeah. I just don't, my wife was looking up words. She's like, oh, Appalachian words. And I'm like, everyone knows this word. Everyone uses this. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to ask him so that way we'll know. Skittish. 
Is your dog oh, like skittish? It's scared to be concerned, cautious. Yeah, and I'm like, they say that that was a very regional word. I'm like, I don't know about that one. I, th I think that one's not really slang. So I, I, I wanted to ask just to know. But you actually wrote the word in a message to me on a Slack channel, but I knew exactly what you said when you said it kind of thing. Like it made context because you kind of really? gave it to me in a sentence. Hmm. Yeah, you, you gave me that one in a message. So Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, we, we let this segment roll way over because it's We funny. did, but I'm going to give you true these false. four quickly, and then we can go to true or false. So, is Sydney the capital of Australia? No. It's, it's false. false. Yeah, yeah, no. It's Canberra. It's, uh... <laughs> right? <laughs> it's Canberra, but yes. Oh, no, in the U.S. they call it Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a suburb in Australia that's like Wagga Wagga, but it's spelled... W A double G A, and it's the mm -hmm. same for the second word. And then Americans come straight up to see it on a sign. They're like, "Oh, let's go down to Wagga Wagga," and it's like, <laughs> oh, "Yeah, we don't, we don't know What's our Canberra? own grammar rules, man. English is so messed up. We don't know or even know our own yeah. own grammar rules." Um, is a true or false? Australia is an island, but the world's smallest continent. The world's largest island, but the world's smallest continent. That is true. Technically, I learned this on listening to this on Wheel of Fortune last week. Oh, that is technically technical. false because a continent is not cannot be an island. So the world's largest island is actually Greenland. It yes, it that's an interesting <laughs> one. It's an interesting one. It's a bit like is Pluto a planet? And yes, we're not going down that. We're not and, I, going and to down. me, I think that's ridiculous with the whole thing. I'm like Australia should be just the fact that it's a continent should mean that it's no longer an island because you know what? It's just a big friggin' island. So, well, so. then America, I see what they're saying because America would be an island. Yeah, like it's just you're talking Canada, North yeah, America, and all yeah, of South America, yeah, it's, it's, Central America, you know, it's an all the island. way to the canal. Yeah, <laughs> I, so I see what that means, but yeah, yeah. Australia and yeah. and Dave, good job defending your top, you know, geek status on the uh, on the website with that one. It's not really <laughs> <laughs> Australia, true or yes. false. Australia federated only 120 years ago. So all the states came together to federate as a nation. 120. So you were talking 1900. Um, Close to that. I would say true. That sounds about true. right to me. But That is true. 1901. 1901. Hmm. True or false? You can find Tasmanian tigers in Tasmania. No. That's false. Dave? I'll 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 yield to the to the animal <laughs> knowledge of Jeffrey Benedict on this one. And can you find them anywhere else in the world? Bonus question. Aren't they? Are they uh, zoo only? Are they like uh, captivity only animal? Or are they found? Are you? Is that what you're asking? Or are they only? Are you asking if they're found in the wild? Yeah. Can you find them anywhere else in the world today? I don't think so. Dave. I'll, I'll yield to Jeffrey's animal knowledge. <laughs> Unless, I don't know if there's they're any extinct. like... They're extinct. But really? every couple of years, there's a rumor that they're around there. So you do find them in Tasmania, like a small, kind of a bit like a, sort of call them like a mongoose sort of style animal. Um, oh. But the stripes on them, they call them a tiger. But they've been extinct since about 1930. But every couple of years, and it's come up, it came up this week in the news, someone thinks they've got footage of this Tasmanian tiger. And it's wow. it's very interesting. And scientifically, okay. they've got these baby ones that they're trying to bring back, but it would be very Jurassic Park. And it's this big sort of complex. Oh, sort of this, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go Google that after this. Yeah. They also called really cool. um, oh, I can never pronounce this word, thylacine. 
it's what else they'll be called but yeah they're colloquially known as the tasmanian tiger anyway let's get back to Steelers. <laughs> we're just so, having too much fun that's it that's it we might have to divide this into a bit of a part three on the audio side but the next part of the vertex piece and i've actually so everyone out there i teased this with with jeff and dave but i think it might be coming up for them um in an article in a couple a couple of weeks or maybe even this week but this week this week so one of the things that are the next seals vertex i wanted to talk about really quickly was eric ebron because i think we've obviously seen vance mcdonald's retirement this offseason Steeler fans, some people would have thought that Ebron delivered. Other people, you know, and we know that Ebron's, you know, injury history as well, but he was able to deliver for Andrew Like and what have you. But what stood out to me when I was going through some cap numbers recently before Cap Room, which is now War Room, I was like, Ebron's going to be potentially playing as his full contract number this year on what is equal to the franchise tag, projected franchise tag, tag number for a tight end, according to Over the Cap. And that, in when you consider the Steelers' current cap situation, even though it's improving by the day or week, depending on what announcements we've got, is a really interesting interesting piece. And equally with Ben coming back, that's potentially changed the value for some people in terms of what Eric Ebron brings. But Jeff or Dave, and I hope who wants to go first on this one, but I think Ebron's role is really interesting given some of the flack that he did cop. But he did have a good season as well, you know, in many respects from a statistical point of view. So Jeff and Dave, Jeff and Dave, <laughs> Dave and Jeff, I wanted to get your thoughts on what this looks like. And obviously we'll be able to see that in the written piece this week too. All right. Who's first? You you can go first, Dave. I'm yeah, going to go first. Okay. And you're the stats. You're the All right. Stats so line. this is the stats stuff. When you look at Eric Ebron, the, honestly, when I go to the stats, my stats part look at it from two parts, the stats they brought on the field and their contract numbers. The contract number is is very interesting because this was one that when the Steelers signed him last year, you're like, oh wow, this is this is could be really good for the Steelers because it's you know it's two years, twelve million dollars, but it was only what three and a half last year, um, I, I think is what it ended up being on last year's cap. Um, so this year, you know, you could get you could release him and you're only out, you know, you're going to save $6 million and you're only paid, you know, 6 million for last year, but two and a half come do this year and things like that. So that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is who's going to play tight end. And that if you don't have Eric Ebron, who's playing tight end, because I keep bringing this up as an example of last year, March came, Everyone's talking about how the Steelers have to go tight end high in the draft. Oh, they got to get a tight end. They got to do something else with tight end, tight end, tight end. The Steelers sign Eric Ebron, and they don't even draft one. That's how much those things are going to change when it comes to the draft because of the month of March. But it's also the same in this aspect is we kind of forget the tight end is a, is a questionable position for the Steelers right now. So not having Eric Ebron would, would be very – interesting in that aspect. I mean, he did have over 500 yards receiving. He was one of the one of the Steelers that um had five touchdowns on receiving touchdowns on the season because they had five of those players. And the biggest thing that I think would have made Eric Ebron's season to where people wouldn't even begin to question it statistically is if you just get rid of those seven drops. I mean it could even have been more, but according to Pro Football Reference, they have him at seven. So 
the drops are a big thing and the blocking ability. That's everything that everyone wants to talk about when it comes to Eric Ebron. So that's when you yield it to the film guy to figure that stuff out. All right. I actually have a stats question. And uh, oh. this one's uh, that's one. I always like to find stats that I know Dave isn't going to find. Uh, <laughs> Cause I also spend most way, way too much time on stats websites, way too much time. Um, Eric Ebron set a career high in one statistic. Does anyone know what it is? It's not one you would. Ex- it's not one of the ones that that show oh. up on leaderboards. Isn't that targets? No, 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 no. nothing that was... you would see on any normal stats sheet. I'll give you another hint. It's something I did a weekly uh, weekly article about during the season. Uh, snap counts. Snap counts. He set so... a career high in snaps played his previous career high was 2016 with 708 he played 766 this year this is the most football he has played in the nfl was this year and if you look at his other stats his yards per target Mm -hmm. went down his catch rate went down early in the season eric ebron got so many snaps because he was blocking Mm -hmm. you watch his early season play he was blocking as the season wore on, I think he wore down. I honestly do. I think he wore down. And the problem with Eric Ebron was he played too much. He would, the Steelers were like, we're leaving you out there all the time. And they challenged him with that. They're like, you're going to learn, you're going to have to block because we're going to use you a lot. And they did. And they used Vance McDonald a lot less. Perhaps, I mean, he retired. It's, it's possible there were injuries we didn't know about. There were things going on with him that caused Eric Ebron to really have to carry those snap that snap load. But if you're bringing Eric Ebron back, you have to reduce the snap load. And that's where they talking about the salary cap really comes into it is if you're having to sign a guy to take those snaps away from Eric Ebron, then why are you paying Eric Ebron that much? So he's a difficult one to me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into the film and really digging into uh, some stuff outside of what I've already seen from him. But to me, I think you have to reduce his snap count. And at that point, is he worth it? But like Dave also said, if you cut Eric Ebron and save that $6 million, who's your tight end? Who's your tight end? Like you're starting Zach Gentry? That's but, not, that's Kevin not winning football. But and, and the thing is as well is that when you look at some of those tight ends on the free, free market right now on that free agency market in terms of, you know, a Kyle Rudolph who was cut this week, a Zach Ertz, are they going to cost you any less than what, what Ebron's number is going to cost this year? That's questionable. And again, it's it's what's that fit with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Um, the interesting other thing for me was that when I was looking at, as part of War Room this week, I was looking at Brevin Jordan um, from Miami, who's a tight end coming out there, who's an F-type tight end, which is where Ebron sort of fits as well. And I thought when I started to think about that sort of role as well in this in this, in this this offense, I think that's one of the things that I think when people look at tight ends, it's very much, oh, do they catch the passes or do they block? But when you look at that F and that H-style tight ends, you know, from a film, and, I, and it was something that's not really ever been explained to me, but I understood the difference, like it made sense. It was more the terminology. But I thought that was a really interesting piece for what the Steelers want to do as well because, you know, those more blocking-style tight ends that, you know, generally shift down the draft. And I know this week I asked a question on this um, to you, Jeff, that you were able to pose on the curtain call um, to that Alabama staff member around Forrestal and, and what he might be able to do. But I think that's the, the tight end The tight end room is going to be a really interesting one to watch as this, as this offseason rolls on and, and who's there to support Ebron and allow him – 
as you said there, he, he would have had to cover a lot for Vance. So actually allow him to do the things that he's great at. I, if I can jump in here, a big thing with the tight end room is going to be Matt Canada. Matt Canada's offense and consistently uses wingbacks, which means you have a tight end and then you have someone behind and outside the tight end, like lined up. Like if you picture like the jumbo package, we got the extra guy. You have those. You also have H-backs, which is just a tight end off the line. So you have your wide receivers up on the line of scrimmage and those guys are back and they go in motion. And how Matt Canada uses them, they are receivers. They are blockers. They're also runners. If you if you are a, a Pitt fan or if you watched, if you remember that Clemson game where he beat Clemson, one of the big things was their tight end was running those little Juju Smith-Schuster style, like little, you know, inside uh, routes. I can't remember what it's called. But as a run play, if you hand it off to him, it's called a wingback counter. And underneath, you call it a shovel pass. If you're in shotgun, you sh pass it forward. It's called a shovel pass. Matt Canada uses those so much that that is going to really, the one position that's really going to be shaped the most by Canada, I imagine, this year is the tight end room. And and James brings up an interesting point here. Um, it literally took the words right out of my mouth, but that's a really interesting piece with Jalen Samuels because Jalen Samuels is one that a lot of people are like, well, look, he's not proven himself necessarily at the running back position. But he, in the college level for NC State, had a massive H-back role for, in, in Matt Canada's offense. So it's this is another one that to see as Canada takes over this 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 offense this offseason. What does it look like in 2021? I have a true false for you guys. True okay. false. Eric Ebron was the Pittsburgh Steelers starting tight end in 2020. No, that's false. No, that's because he started nine. Story. I think he started nine games. He started nine games. Vance McDonald started 12, but yet Eric Ebron played 70% of the Steelers' offensive snaps, and Vance McDonald only played 44%. He, he, yep. Vance had 400 and let me, I can pull it up here real quick. It's 400 and some, uh, 485 offensive snaps for the Steelers. Um, so McDonald was considered the starter because of the number of games that he started, and yet Ebron completely played way more on the field than he did. Yeah, and, and, and this is the thing. And when we think about Ben as well, like, you know, I think I'm one of those fans is that pretty much since Heath, like what's the what's the question there about how we can have a tight end that's that reliable go-to for Ben as well? And and I think if we've got this last, you know, comeback tour or last ride, whatever you want to call it here from Ben, you know, making sure that we've got tight ends that are open for him and allowing Ebron to do what he does well will be really important from my perspective. And you hit it on the nail on the head there, Jeffrey. It's going to be very interesting to see in terms of what they can do from a, from a, with a Matt Canada offense and how they deploy these different roles and, and what have you. And I guess that begs a question as well, before we wrap it up is, you know, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of questions across various different shows um, on the audio side and YouTube side about, can Ben, Big Ben, fit into Matt Canada's offense? This strikes me as one of the ways that we will see Big Ben fit into Matt Canada's offense is what can Matt Canada do with other positions that gives Ben options? Absolutely. Um, I think Ben fits. People got to remember, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there where people are like, Matt Canada wants a running quarterback. He wants a more mobile quarterback. The NFL wants a more mobile quarterback. Everyone wants that Matt Canada 
uh, when he when he coached at Indiana, he when he was their offensive coordinator, he coached three different quarterbacks. One of them had negative rushing yards every single year he played. One of them ran for yards. The other one was kind of in between. They all three. They were one, two, and three at the end of when his career was over. They were one, two, and three for season passing yards and touchdowns between them. They they all took the top three spots in their school history for passing, whether they could run or not. Matt Canada can adapt his offense to fit whatever Ben can do. The question is, how well will that adaptation work in the NFL? And that's what we really have to watch and see. Uh, and really, it's that's the big question. Will Matt Canada's offense work in the NFL? We saw those jet sweeps get shut down because we couldn't throw deep and run jet sweep threats. And so they would just crash safeties up to stop the jet sweeps. Yeah, I, I just – that's the big question is how how is he going to adapt it and is it going to work? And, look, we had a we, – we've got another super chat here from Snowman. We got a, a couple of regular ones from him when we're on Steelers Touching Under. And I know – I think I had one earlier from Dave Shipley, but I can't say that reference on the air. <laughs> so, but I did see it. I did laugh. We, did we love it. Dave. Yeah, we, we got it, Dave. We got it. But, yeah. We can't talk about it. Snowman <laughs> says, and it's a very pointed question here, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey only, will the Steelers restructure any more contracts? Uh, I love the question. Thank you for giving money, but that is uh, that is a question for Dave. <laughs> that's, that's honestly a question for Dave. Dave a restructure will be coming for Stefan to it. It just might not be the next thing. Some I, I've wrote about this on the website or written. Uh, I, I sound terrible English here trying to – well, it's an Australian show, so I guess it's okay. Um, sorry. In writing this for the website, that <laughs> Stefan Tuitt's restructure is a little bit tricky because he's under the old CBA, and we don't know what's going on with the 17th game. And Jeffrey and I, and Maddie jumped in on this. I had this on the channel, on our side channel, and I knew you two would be the guys that would come in. We were diving into how – the 17th game affects the salary cap. Jeffrey was reading stuff. I was reading stuff. We were trying to figure out the wording. I think we got it nailed down pretty good. But when it comes to to it, they need to know if they're playing 17 games this year or not because his contract is going to depend a little bit and it's going to have to be tweaked slightly if it is versus if it isn't because it's under the old CBA versus Cam Hayward could already do his because it was under the new CBA in which they're already supposed to know that the 17th game is coming. So let me clarify what he's saying there. If the, any salary they turn from yearly salary, which is you get a check every game for one sixteenth of that salary, any of that is turned to a signing bonus will no longer affect your 17th game check. Because if they do go to 17 games, which they are going to do, yeah. you get an extra 16th of your contract at the end of the season for that 17th game. Because they're not going to give you a, a, a week by week pay cut and say, well, you made the same money. We just had you work more. Uh, they worked that in for contracts before the CBA. But if they change that to a signing bonus, then they can. Then it falls under the old CBA. But he's not getting that seventeenth. That seventeenth game check is going to be pennies compared to what it what it would have been. And if they add that money in, then that seventeenth game check falls on the Steelers' salary cap. Yeah, And it has to be a part of that contract. They have to figure that into the contract. So whether there's a 17th game or not kind of complicates his contract. And on top of that, Jeffrey figured out if he drops it all the way down to the league minimum, you don't get the extra game. 
that's the way the wording goes because they yeah. upped the league minimum to yeah. account for the extra game, which doesn't really help you when it comes to these restructures that, that players are doing. It's complicated. And to wrap it up because Dave Shipley did throw some super chats in there. So we'll finish on this one. Ben is going to be the same over or under. Ben will be Ben. Can Canada fit Ben? Dave, will Ben be the same as he was last year? I think, what was it, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, or 10 um, interceptions? It was 33 and 10 33 is what 10, they were. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe I remember that, but I've been using those two numbers a lot lately. Um, <laughs> that he's not going to be – it doesn't mean that he's – he could have the exact same numbers, but I don't think it's going to be in the same way, if you know what I mean. Canada's going to adapt to Ben. Ben's going to adapt to Canada. It's There's no way they're bringing Ben Roethlisberger back to then turn to Matt Cannon and say, all right, you got to do what he wants. That's not what they were going to do. That was part of what the discussion had to have been. I'm assuming because it would be ludicrous to do it any other way. So I think you're going to see um, – and they talked about implementing Canada's offense little by little as they had the right personnel. There you go. They're not going to change a lot with the quarterback because they didn't change that personnel. Jeffrey? I did an article entitled The Real Villain Behind the Lacey Steelers Late Season Collapse, <laughs> which unfairly targeted poor J.C. Hassenhauer. Uh, but the point was, Ben's play at the end of the year followed the offensive line injuries. When the offensive line could no longer block for Ben, he went from a 27 touchdown to five interceptions. That's a over five to one ratio. That's that's elite, right? That's that's Aaron Rodgers' territory before recent stuff. When J.C. Hassenhauer was forced to play, when they were banged up, they could not protect him. He had six touchdowns to five interceptions. His completion percentage dropped 6%. And his yards dropped. His, his passer rating went from over 100 to 74.4. Like, that's where Ben Roethlisberger went when the blocking failed. He's not 2008 Ben Roethlisberger, who, unlike Patrick Mahomes, had a crappy offensive line and still won the Super Bowl. Uh, he was that guy. We're used to that guy. He's not him anymore. He can still throw, but you've got to give him time, and you better give him a stinking run game, man. Yeah. Like, give him a run game. Give him an offense that works and isn't as predictable as Randy Feekner. You know, do the wingback stuff. Get some motion involved. Figure it out. Uh, he can do it. The question is, to me, how much time do they have? Because Ben can learn this. We saw with Todd Haley, it took him two years to learn Todd Haley's offense and really sh shine in it. But when he did, he took off and he had his best seasons. So that's my question is, how long is it going to take him to get this? Todd Haley worked with the run game in in, the, in one year, and it didn't work once teams figured out that Todd Haley that uh, not Todd Haley that Matt Canada had only worked with the run game. When they figured that out, it no longer worked. This year, they've got to implement it in a way that NFL defenses can't solve. And if they do, and Ben Roethlisberger learns that and adapts to it well, they're going to have success. I'm taking the over. I think Ben is better this year than he was last year. I agree. I'm going to take the over, but but for me, I think it's you can get lost in that touchdown for interception sort of stat stat line as well. So like if Ben's cleaner with the football, I'd much prefer that. And we've got a good running game and then his touchdown counts lower equally. I'd rather not be throwing 50 passes a game and him having to throw five touchdowns to win a game. You know, they didn't work. You know, we've seen that's not worked in the playoffs for us. So I think the over under is hard depending on what you look at it, but I agree with you, Jeffrey, in terms of, I think it can be over, but we've got to give him the right, the right tools to be able to do that. You know, 
Ben is not going to carry the team, as you rightly pointed out there. And, 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 and so, so have you, Dave, and several other of the BTSC contributors and editors there. Wrap it up. We've got another, <laughs> we've got another super chat. Uh, $4.99 there in the tip chart from Bradley James to wrap it up. Um, for all of you, <laughs> this is going to do some conjecture, but let's keep it real tight. If you were the GM, who would you be aiming to choose for the first round pick and why? I know. I think I know Jeffrey's answer and Christian Barmore, but feel free to edit that one. But uh, Dave, who would you go with? Well, of course, this is right now because free agency changes everything. I'm not going to give you a name. I'm going to say the very best offensive lineman available when you're picking, unless you feel that somebody else in a different position is way ahead of them on your list. And Jeffrey, I, I, I got it. I mostly agree with Dave. As much as I love Christian Barmore, I've said it doesn't make sense to draft him. He is he. I love him as a player. Uh, it doesn't make sense for the Steelers to draft him. If you solve the offensive line in free agency, get yourself a running back. If you get a Josh Jacobs type impact on this team for his first two years, what he did in Oakland, this team is a Super Bowl contender. Just bam, just like that. But you got to solve the offensive line first. If you haven't been able to solve that then you got to go for offensive line in the first round. And for me, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what where the run where the runs are. There are a great number of tackles, but if they all go, for me, I'm like, well, there's there's guys in that second. So I even potentially doing some sort of trade back, I know everyone's really big on all the trades that I do, but if there's ever a draft to do it, I just I feel like this is it. If as long as I'm going to trust in whatever the Steelers go for. And that was the answer I thought Dave might give a little bit there as well. And that like whoever the date, but whoever the Steelers pick as is, is the right, is the right pick. And that's who we've got to go. But it, but it is until yeah. we actually see them on the field yeah. and until the Steelers pick them, they're not a Pittsburgh Steelers player. So I just feel unless you've, unless you are assuredly got that first round grade on them, this might be the, because there are a lot of desperate teams. Like that. Even if you trade back in, in the first round, you end up with something else later on, but I mean, I do think there'll be a run on tackles, and that's what a lot of the sims that I've done on them look like at the moment. But look, that wraps up in an awesome Steelers touchdown under, uh, where we've had the Vertex guys live in what's been a first for all the BTSC shows. So thank you, thank you, gentlemen, and look forward to their article on uh, Eric Ebron this week as they'll go into and be able to pat out a little bit what we talked about on today's show. But with that, have a great weekend. Go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.